0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. I'm up here a little early today because this Sunday we're beginning a series on the Holy Spirit. The series is going to be on the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to unpack, and uh, I have more word than I have time. And, uh, but, uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we may get started just a little bit early so I can get in what needs to be uh, get gotten in, if you will. But a little later in the message, when I say Spirit, I need you to say, uh, 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 you say Holy. When I say what Spirit, I need you to say Holy Spirit. I'll say, let's practice, okay? One, one time. Okay. I'm going to say what Spirit, you say Holy, holy spirit. spirit. Gosh, y'all look good. That didn't even take, you know, a couple times. All right, let, but one, I just want to hear it because y'all did so good. Okay, what spirit? Holy Spirit. Wow. All right, we're ready. First Corinthians 12 and 1, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Father, I thank you for your word that's going to accomplish its purposes today. Father, I, I feel just a special assignment today, and, and, and what is being unpacked is so important, Lord. This is a beginning, I believe, of, of just a shift in lives, and, and I honor you in advance for all that you accomplish uh, today. In Jesus' name we pray we all say, amen. amen. Open your Bibles First 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with the first verse, First Corinthians 12 and verse 1. And Paul says, inspired by the Holy Spirit, now concerning spiritual gifts, you'll notice in the King James translation of the Bible that the term gifts there is italicized, meaning the word is not in the original Greek transcripts or manuscripts, but it has been placed there for better understanding at the discretion of the uh, translators. But this verse could as easily be translated now concerning spiritual things or concerning things of a dynamic spiritual nature. There are lots of different ways they could have interpreted that word gifts, but let's read it again. Now concerning spiritual what? Gifts. Gifts. It could also be spiritual manifestations. It could be uh, a number of words, but gifts does capture it pretty well. But then he goes on and says, brethren... I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. Ignorance. Ignorant. Paul is saying that the, the, the subject here of spiritual gifts is of such importance that it demands particular attention and special care. This series, I think, can, can mark the rest of your days if you listen carefully. It's going to take time to, to build uh, an understanding in your heart about this subject matter but Scripture says that he does not want, God does not want anyone to be ignorant or uninformed about the matters I am teaching on today. Let's skip to verse 7. We'll cover those Scriptures another time. But the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, a capitalized Spirit in the Bible always refers to the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about what? What Spirit? Spirit. All right. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of what? All. Oh, oh, very good. How many of you have ever uh, partook or partaken in something that was not uh, 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 profitable? Yeah. In the end, you, you lost more than you, you gained, it cost you more than, than it was worth. Scripture says here that the manifestation of the Spirit is is to turn our regrets into profit. Is that in the book? Yeah. To turn our mourning into dancing and our losses into gain. Amen. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. What Spirit? Holy Spirit. For another, the word of knowledge through the same what? The same spirit, what spirit? Holy Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. What spirit? Holy Spirit. And then to another, gifts of healings by the same what? Holy Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. We're gonna, you're probably going to memorize all of these by the time we're done. But nine gifts are lifted here, listed here. These gifts can be divided into three categories. Three of these gifts reveal something, three of these gifts do something, and three of these gifts say something. And we'll unpack that at a later date. But today we're going to focus on the third gift in this particular list, the gift of faith. And if I had time today, which I won't, actually much of Grace Church was built upon this particular gift. Now, we all have general saving faith, but there are moments in time that the Holy Spirit wants to give us extraordinary, supernatural confidence to do heroic acts that, 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 that expand his kingdom and bless his people. Yeah. And these, uh, uh, this type of moment is when we step out of ordinary faith into something called the gift of faith. The challenge today is not to take rabbit trails, but I'm going to just take one and I'll get back and I'll I'll do it real quick. Just like we are to have knowledge of scripture, but then God gives you supernatural knowledge on top of the knowledge that we get from study. You understand? We're supposed to have a level of wisdom and discernment. Now all those things we grow in, but then God jumps in and does something extraordinary, adds to what we already have and, and, and enlarges it. The same with faith. We are all saved by faith, but then God puts a special faith sometimes in our hearts that changes it, where where it's not just us kind of believing for something. We step into a supernatural, God-breathed faith that causes us to do exploits that are heroic in nature and in deed. Today we're going to be in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 1, and we're going to look at just one example today of the gift of faith. Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, now at this time Bethel was uh, the central place of worship for, for Israel and Jerusalem was ruled by Gentiles at this point. He heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it and how he had taken Jericho and its King, So, the, the people of the land had heard about the great exodus of, of the Israelites from, from Egypt and, and the crossing of the Red Sea and all that, and, and they also now crossed the Jordan, and Joshua now defeated Jericho. The walls came tumbling down, and, and then they defeated Ai, and now the whole region is terrified, afraid that Israel's coming in, in their direction. So Jerusalem's king heard all these things and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. So Joshua began defeating God's enemies one by one, but then the powerful Gibeonites didn't even fight. They they surrendered and they joined the, the, the Israelites in battle. And the Bible goes on and says, the people of the land feared greatly. Because Gibeon was a great city, one like the royal cities, and, and because it was greater than Ai and all its mighty men. In other words, again, if the Gibeonites surrendered without a fight, dear God, what would these other neighboring nations do uh, against, and how could they fight against the Israelites? And, and the last thing bad people want is for good people to get on a roll. So... So the king of Jerusalem wanted to, to, to stop Joshua before Israel snowballed into a regional power. So, therefore, Adonai uh, Zedok, king of Jerusalem, king number one, sent to uh, Hoham, king of Hebron, king number two, Parim, king of Zarmuth, king number three, uh, Zephir, king of Lachish, king number four, and Debir, king of Eglon, king number five. All of these kings came together saying, come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon. Notice they didn't attack the Israelites, they attacked what? Gibeon. They're trying to send a message, listen, we don't want anyone in our region to, to just uh, capitulate and succumb to the Israelites. We, we want everyone in this land to fight, so we're going to penalize those who acquiesce to the Israelite. For it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. But how many of you know, if God be for you, though, you know, who can be against? No matter, no matter whether they could fight or not fight, they, they were going to lose. Therefore, verse 5 The inspired writer adds five more kings. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, five new kings, joined the original list. And the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, Jermoth, Lachish, Eglon, now 10 in total, and I think I can slow down now, uh, gathered together and went up. They and all their armies encamped before Gibeon and made war against them. So at this point, the die had been cast. But there's something we have not covered yet. In the scripture. Joshua's nine and verse 14. You see, the Gibeonites' treaty with Israel was based on a scam. It was a ruse, if you will. What they did is they dressed up in old clothes and they they, they had worn out leather, you know, uh, water bottles and and made the horses and everything look all beat up. and, And they pretended that they were coming from a distant land just to help the Israelites. But the truth was the Gibeonites only lived right down the street, and they were of the very people God originally told Joshua to destroy. Has anyone ever been tricked into a relationship? Okay, just me. Verse 14 Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions. The urban translation of the Bible, or the D-G-U, translate that word provision as booty. Booty is is basically any confiscated prize or gain. Pay attention. So the men of Israel took some of their booty. (laughs) Stay with me now. But they did not ask counsel of the Lord. Like many men I know, they were so blinded by the booty, they forgot to seek the Lord about it. Did it suddenly get a little too real in here? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Watch this. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them. To let them live, though God said they should die. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them, meaning Joshua walked down the aisle with them. But watch what happens three days later. And it happened at the end of three days. The truth will find you out. After they had made a covenant with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors that it didn't come from a long distance. They were people who dwelt near them. Watch this. Joshua and the people of Israel found out that they had lied. Now, it's true, the Gibeonites were not honest with Joshua. But also, Joshua did not seek the Lord. We have to stop blaming God for our own mistakes. It's important. I'm going somewhere. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now, their cities were Gibeon and, and a few other cities, but the whole area was, was the Gibeon's area. They, they ruled that area. Well, watch this. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Joshua made a mistake... Yet he honored the covenant he made with his mistake. It's important. It may have been a slip up. It may have been a mess up. But the godly still have commitments to their errors. Don't tune me out. I'm I'm almost where I'm going. Joshua 10, 6. And the men of Gibeon... Sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Again, these are folks that lied to Joshua. This is a whole, these are guys that tricked him. But he sends him a message. He says, Don't forsake your servant. Here's the point if Joshua would not desert his lying, trifling, deceiving covenant partner, How much more can you be sure that God will not desert your unreliable, your unfaithful? Can I say behind? If a human covenant was so honored, what about a covenant written in the blood of God's own son? If God has promised I will never leave you nor forsake you, that has nothing to do with you and everything to do with your God. And if Joshua would honor a mistake, tell me what you've done in your life that God will somehow forsake you, that God will somehow abandon you, that somehow you will call on that name and he will ignore you. Am I in the book? They had boldness and confidence, not in their own behavior, but in the covenant. Do you have confidence in your covenant or is your confidence based on you? If it's based on you, it's misplaced. If it's based on you, you'll never really have faith because you'll never get it all right. But if your faith is on Him, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy in your hour of need. We go to God looking in the mirror saying, God, am I good enough for what you have for me? That's why your prayers aren't answered. The question was, would Jesus sacrifice good enough for you to God to get to me what you have for me? And when your faith is based on Jesus and not you, everything changes. Yeah, yeah. So they had the audacity not just to call Joshua to tell Joshua to come quick. Like Joshua was somehow obligated. We need to learn something. God has made a commitment to you for better or for worse. Yeah, Sickness and in health. Yeah, yeah. Till death and even then we ain't pardoned. God's commitment is sure. Yeah, yeah. He has sworn in an oath that we are his and I belong to him so no matter you might think you are a cosmic mistake but that's besides the point God has decided to marry his mistake God is in covenant with what you think is a mistake and God will never leave you nor forsake you they said come up quickly save us and help us. Again, let me repeat. Joshua did not come to help because his covenant partner was good. It's important. He helped because he honored the covenant above their behavior. If you you could catch what I'm saying, and I didn't even got to the good stuff yet. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. Do not manifest because you are so good, but because you are in covenant with a good God. But this is where pride gets in the way. God uses someone supernaturally and powerful, and then they think, start thinking they're wonderful. That had nothing to do with you. That had nothing to do with you, and everything to do with your God. People fall apart when they find out there's some pastor, some gospel saying, living wrong. That was a gift given by God. It had nothing to do with that man or that woman. And we need to stop believing in people and believing in the God in the people. He said, help us for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. Again, Joshua should have let them die. Were lying to him but he, co- he he honored his covenant instead the bible says god honors his word above his name lamentation says it's because of his mercies we are not consumed the only reason you're not dead yet is because the covenant god has with jesus you hear me? It has nothing to do with how wonderful you are, because I know some of y'all. because God cut covenant. Yes, yes, yes. And as much as God might feel like it at times, he honors his word yes. above his name. So Joshua, literally, Jesus in Greek. If you translated Jesus from Greek into Hebrew, it would be Yeshua, Joshua. So here we have Jesus ascending to Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. It's important. I don't care what you did. Jesus is in covenant with you and he wants to help you. Now, he may not help the way you want him to help you. But you are in covenant with God. And that covenant is unshakable. Jesus said again, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How many of you know the disciples messed up a little bit between that moment and the end of the age? But Jesus said, I'll I'll never leave. I'll never forsake. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Joshua before the battle began. It's important. Faith believes it before it sees it. Faith is just taking God at his word. No one had fought yet. He's not reading this in the book. He's getting ready for battle. And God speaks, said, don't fear them. Only thing I need you to do is don't don't be afraid. For I have already. I see the the end from the beginning. I have delivered them into your hand. You see, faith is trusting your inward, God-given assurance despite the appearance. And God God is digging in here. God's putting a roar in Joshua's heart. And I I hope you could catch, because I I feel it in the spirit. I feel a roar from God. And, 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 And he said, don't you fear them. I have already, it's already done. Not a man, not a one man, not one, one, one man shall stand before you. God told Joshua, I need you to see this on the inside. I need you to see all your enemies falling down. I I need you to see not one man left standing after you do what I say do. God is infusing this guy with something incredible. But here's the question. What do you see on the inside? Can you see your bills falling one by one? Can, can, Can you see your doctor's report coming back instead of cancer healed? You hear what I'm saying? Can you see on the inside? See, we say, well, I believe when I see. That's not faith. Faith is seeing it on the inside before it happens. So the reason why Joshua was so mighty is because when God said it, he embraced it. And he saw it and he said, you know, not one man, give me that amount I will take. Because not one man will be able to say, when you believe that, you behave differently. Joshua, therefore came upon them suddenly now the greek word for doubt is actually literally it means to hesitate all doubt means is to what hesitate you have been listening to the live big podcast with dr derek greer for more information visit derek or follow dr greer on social media